welcome you to the Igniting Consciousness Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Natalie Horine, a principal chiropractor alongside my husband, a magnetic alignment coach, a 3-5 manifester in human design, a toxin-free living advocate, and obsessed with all things related to a healthy mind, body, and spirit. My passion is to empower and inspire people to become the highest expression of themselves while recognizing they are the creator of their own reality. I'll share ideas, interviews, and examples that will prompt you to learn more about your true thoughts on yourself, what your true desires are in life, and how you're connected to the world around you. This will happen through human design readings I do with clients, principles of chiropractic, and how true health and healing is expressed from the inside out, magnetic alignment recode sessions, and my own personal journal prompts that I receive while in meditation. My hope is that you can have your consciousness ignited to remember that the key to living in a happy and peaceful world all starts by discovering those pieces within you. All right. Hello, everybody. Dr. Natalie Horine here again at the Mommy Meet and Greet. And now I'm here with a doula and I'm here with Ava, right? And or I'm saying it right. Some yep. people might be no. Ava, 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 right? Ava. Okay. So I'm here with Ava, who's a doula, and we need to just delineate the difference between yes. what kind of doula that you are, yeah. and then you could talk about the extensiveness of like what people think they are, especially mm-hmm. in a hospital setting. People are like, oh yeah, I had a doula, but that's very much a relationship yes. building experience yeah. with a doula, right? So totally. let's go into that. What is a doula? Okay, so a doula is somebody who supports you throughout your pregnancy, your birth, and postpartum in some cases. So I'm actually a birth and a postpartum doula. Um, And yeah, you really are just with families through it all. So we provide informational, emotional, and physical support. So we typically meet with clients um, before they actually have their babies to talk through things like comfort measures and birth preferences and just kind of explain what labor is going to be like, um, see how we'll interact as well as how you might interact with other support people, whether that's your partner or your mom or whoever else is with you. Um, and then when you go into labor, we get to come and hang out with you uh, through the whole process, get to watch your baby be born, um, facilitate initial breastfeeding, and just make sure that you guys are all good to go yeah. before we head out. And then we'll most doulas check in a couple times after their right. babies are born um, and then I'm super lucky because I get to work with families oh. <coughs> excuse me um, postpartum for extended periods of time so mm. I will see clients on a weekly basis or maybe a few times a week for a couple of hours to help with anything that kind of needs to be done so yeah. it might be um, household things like making oh, sure like that laundry is tidy and, and laundry yeah. and that as well as just all the questions that you have when you have a newborn, um, whether you're breastfeeding your baby or bottle feeding, they're still gonna have questions about diapering, diapering. Oh yes, all day every day. Um, as well as like, what is mom eating? Are you getting what you need um, to best support your body in your postpartum recovery? Right. All sorts of fun things. We really just kind of come in and mold to whatever needs to be done. Right. So it's very much a relationship. So it's like, yeah. when is the best time for a mom to look for a doula? Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, I Most of my clients come on it's somewhere in the second trimester. Okay. And I start seeing them, I try... Which is 13 to 27 weeks. Yes, thank you. <laughs> um, and I try and have our first prenatal by around 28 weeks. Um, and so we we'll, might have like a consult beforehand. Okay. And our actual first um, prenatal session um, it's around 28 weeks okay. for me, and then usually around somewhere between 32 and 34 weeks for your second one. Okay. And then we just get to check in every week or so to see how things are progressing as you get a little bit closer to actually having your baby. Right. Um, yeah, and we talk through all those things that I said. Um, yes. Birth but, plans, because that's a, I mean, that's a yeah. big thing too, yes. right? Because um, from, from my experience, not me personally, because I'm pregnant with my first one right now, yeah. obviously. 
Um, but I know that Julia's you can even come in earlier though because yep. like to start giving some like maybe some reading, yes. like maybe some books that would be really oh, yeah. good and in, in, like information. My lending library is yes. extensive. Yeah, and so that way, you know, moms and yeah. partners can oh, start yeah. reading. And so that's a big thing I really yeah. found that like from the beginning that doulas are extremely yes. helpful for because you're starting to open up both of their minds. Yeah, and you're having so many conversations. It's not just about the relationship that you have with mom, it's about the relationship you have with their partner as well. Yeah. Um, and so making sure that you're working as a team and a doula's role is never to replace somebody's partner. Mm -hmm. We're just there to help you guys through the entire process. And so a lot of the time that looks like me actually stepping back from oftentimes physical support and more so coming in and saying like, hey, this is how you do a hip squeeze or you can put some pressure here, or just hold her like this. Um, and then you really get that oxytocin going because they're going to get that from their partner, not from me. Right, um, right, right. I, yeah, so it's really learning how to work as a team and, and building that mindset together. Mm, yeah. And it's so influential and so helpful. So it keeps people on the same page yes. too. Oh, because yeah. Because then that's another thing, I mean, that it is very important is you yeah. want the partners to be on the same page of mom feels she wants to go this way but maybe the knowledge isn't there on the other side yeah. so you can probably you can be a liaison to yeah. kind of help bridge that gap in a very totally. like natural way too yep. right make sure everybody's comfortable with decisions that are being made um and even when you actually are in labor sometimes things get really overwhelming all the things that you thought you learned might go out the window sometimes that happens um it's yeah. just having somebody there to be like hey remember this like this right. is what we talked about um to spark those little things and really come back to those conversations that we probably already had and kind of talk through and be like, hey, this is what we said. Is this what you want to stick with? We can always change. We can pivot um, as needed. But this is kind of what we said we were going to do. Is this what you want to stick with? Right. Um, and then as you get closer and closer to delivery, there's a lot of things like with when you have initial newborn care, um, all you want to do is sit there and cuddle your newborn as you should. Um, but if you want something like delayed cord clamping, sometimes those things you don't think about it yeah you're holding your baby which is awesome but just having another person there to say like oh hey don't forget this is what they want um and make sure that they're following through with parents wishes mm, can so be a important. huge deal with the birth plan yes and so you can help them formulate a birth plan too yeah, totally. right yeah she's so so crucial even if not everything goes as planned yep but still go in because you can manifest and create that dream on it visualize yep. on it right totally. and so you can be that opportunity like that yeah. liaison so that way they realize their options yes inform and then they can come up with a birth plan yep. on both sides and then be that emotional support because it's another big thing that i realized yeah. difference i mean so as a doula you, you can't deliver a baby that's where the midwives it's, come yeah, in yeah that was right? what we were going to say yeah the kind of big difference between the scope of a doula and what you might see with a midwife um, is that doulas are non-medical professionals. So we work hand in hand with your care team, whether that at a home birth is your midwives and their assistants or in a hospital setting or birth center um, with your nurses and your care provider, whoever that is. Um, yeah, we kind of work collaboratively and um, it's great to get to be able to pop out in the hall with a nurse and be like hey what are you seeing because this is what I'm seeing and have that conversation say all right let's go back in with a plan and um, yeah. so it's you're not overwhelming them with information mm. but getting to work that collaborative way with um, your care team is the best because it's you know we want baby in an optimal position yeah. um, and we want labor to progress quickly so that you know you get to meet your baby soon yeah and getting to work with a whole team of people that understands that um it's everyone just, has their role yeah, yeah yeah just understanding where you fit yeah and and they really play an emotional support role oh yeah because as the midwives like they're the ones to like deliver the baby catch the yes. baby and like perform all the like the medical related like medical yeah. or natural whether it's naturally or whatever it is whereas then so they don't necessarily have the ability to be able to be that emotional support like obviously yeah. they're, they're going to be loving and yes. everything but you are really able to be there to be that emotional support exactly. and reminder while yeah. they're doing their job you're exactly. doing their role yeah yeah it's just there's something comforting about having somebody sitting right there with you being like hey this is what's happening um because i mean even in a hospital setting when you're working with nurses they may not be able to explain everything that they're doing uh, to you as they're doing it, but having somebody there to be like, hey, this is what's happening, this is normal, this is what you might be about to experience, and 
walk you through that and assure you that you're doing great mm -hmm. um, is huge. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, just having somebody there to be with you in the ups and downs when you think that you can't do it, have somebody who's like, no, trust you me, this. you got this. <laughs> I've seen it done many times before and I know that you can do this. Um, and really being able to let your care team do what they need to do medically to make sure that you and your baby are both safe and healthy yeah. um, and just get to hang out. Yeah. Get to hang That's out good. and have this beautiful process. So yeah, anything else you'd like to share? Because so obviously like you're doing it throughout the pregnancy, yeah. right afterwards, and mm -hmm. then obviously you could do postpartum stuff, yeah. helping with comfort of mom, being a new mom yeah. that really is supposed to kind of be hanging out in the bed, which is good because she's gonna be breastfeeding with her baby yes. and everything. But it could even be like there's the postpartum doulas, like you said, that are there to help out. Like it might be yeah. doing laundry, it might be doing dishes. It might be like, hey, do you have someone like prepare food for you? Like yep. these little things, it's like ask they for add help. quickly. Yeah. yeah, it adds up. And so it's like if you don't have family members or friends yes. or anybody nearby, oh, there are doulas that are absolutely here that like that's what they do is they're there to help you once you have that baby yeah. to keep everything moving forward. So it's not like... You're you feel neglected like after you've had the baby and like yeah. you're stuck. What do it's I like, do? What can I do to help you be your most successful parent? Um, and that's always the goal. Is mm. you know we can't expect two people to do everything. everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so especially when you don't have a strong of a community or family around, support it can system. be a huge help. Yeah, and I love that. And so that's really important to know the extent of their services like that. And so Ava's a wonderful resource for that. She's up, she's really piped in into a birth collective community that she started, which is a nonprofit community as well. Yeah. Um, so definitely a wealth of information. How can they find you? How can people find um, you? You can find me on all the social platforms at Women Wellness um, or on my website, womenwellnessbirth.com. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and you're okay with people reaching out to you on Instagram, yeah. Facebook, oh, yes. like direct messaging, all that. DMs, it's fine. Okay, cool. So you know how to reach out and how to find her. So thank you so much for sharing. We're so excited to empower and inspire more women. And yeah, until next time, reach out to her. She's a wealth of knowledge. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Hello, everybody. It's Dr. Natalie Horine here at the Mommy Meet and Greet, and we've got pelvic floor specialist, doctor of physical therapy, Charla here, right? Yes. Yes. And so pelvic floor specialists, like everybody has different ideas of what it is, how can you get access to one, and what's beautiful, as we were talking before camera here, is that you have the opportunity to be able to actually reach more of the population because of the fact that you're in a private practice. Right? And so, how do most people find you to begin with? Like, why would a person come to a pelvic floor specialist? Okay, great. You know, there's so many symptoms that are really have become culturally normal for us in America that we haven't realized are completely treatable. So, a lot of the people that reach out to me are saying, hey, is it normal for me to pee when I laugh or cough or I can't jump on the trampoline with my kids? Um, or without having a feeling of pressure or some sort of incontinence, and it's totally treatable. It's become very common, but common isn't the same as normal. And so all of those things are totally treatable, both in kids, in teenage, bowel and bladder functions, and all through the lifespan, really. Yeah, well, and the big thing is, because we see a lot, of, like even in chiropractic, like we have a lot of people, it's not like they're coming in for, you know, because they're urinating, you know, on themselves. I do see kids for bedwetting and stuff. But um, they usually are thinking that they have to go like a surgical route, right? And so you can be, we can be, but you can be that in between of like, okay, let's go a less invasive route before we start cutting into things, adding things, lifting things. So let's start talking about that of what you're able to do. So whenever people start to see what they think is a common or normal aging thing, that's another thing I'm sure you probably get. Especially like women where they're like, if they can't, if they cough, they might urinate or if they sneeze or heaven forbid they jump on a trampoline um, or laugh too hard, right? Exactly. They're afraid of leaking and that's like leaky bladder syndrome is a big thing. So with that being said, what, what is your approach? Let's talk about that. Like say someone does end up finding you and then like what's the approach of where you go from there? Yes. You know, it's really patient dependent. Um, yeah. Every patient's different. So I do a lot of questions. I ask a lot of questions and I do a lot of listening. Um, I'm really of the opinion that if we listen well, the body's going to tell us. 
a mm. lot of information. Yeah. And so if we're good listeners to the body, then oftentimes it may be that we don't need those drugs or that surgery. Sometimes they are necessary and helpful, but actually the evidence shows that even if that's the case, fixing the underlying problem um, is so much more supportive whether you have to have drugs or surgery or not. Right. That conservative management is really the first line of defense in, in the research, and that's what a lot of the community is discovering that that's accurate. Oh, I love it. And so what can you say like for people that are like, but you know, my insurance, I've got to go to my medical doctor first and get a referral. So how can they get to you? Like, can they get to you? That's the other thing too, because a lot of people might think that they can't. So how can they, how can they get to you directly without having to see another doctor that they may, may not already be seeing, you know what I mean? Just to try to have access to you. Exactly. You know, I'm just really grateful that in the state of Arkansas, I have direct access because I have a doctor of physical therapy, my license, right. and I have direct access. So people can reach me um, either on Instagram, Dr. Charlotte Cox DPT, um, or reaching out to you guys, through me through you guys. Um, the, the great thing about what I do in private practice is that I'm just cash-based, and yeah. so I don't have to jump through any of the insurance mm. hoops, which is a relief for a lot of patients, actually. Um, a lot of insurances, a lot of private payer insurances still require you to meet your deductible. So there's still a huge bill, even if you wanted to file insurance, it's still a huge bill. And so I love being able to actually do either a virtual or an in-home visit where I can come to the client. Wow. And they don't have to gather up all the kids or get childcare or go somewhere into the clinic. They don't have to have a physician referral and they don't have to file insurance. And so everybody wins. Yes. And they can get access, get the knowledge they need, and then like less of a struggle, less of a stress just to get Absolutely. in and access, right? And less cost. So let's talk more about the other areas. So we talked a little, I directly talked about women, obviously, what we know with like, as they get older with leaky bladder stuff, but that's just one little portion of what you work with. What else do you work with? And what other populations do you work with as well? Yes. Okay. So really men and women of all ages, okay. if you have a pelvis, I work with you. Perfect. <laughs> so a lot of the typical symptoms um, are constipation. So there's a lot of bladder and bowel dysfunction that's actually pelvic floor related that's totally treatable. And my heart beats for this population, which is everybody, that we live with a lot of shame that something is wrong with me, yeah. something is broken, and I'm going to have to figure out how to fix it. Mm -hmm. When in reality, a lot of times our symptoms are telling us something and telling us if we can listen and say, okay, body, what is it that you're needing? The body is smart. Yes. The body is trying to tell us something. And so if we can find, hey, is the pelvic floor tension causing your constipation? And so then it doesn't matter how much fiber you take, you're not going to free that up until we address that. Or if we're running to the bathroom all the time, right. even if we don't have leakage, maybe it's that urgency. And so we have to listen to, okay, what does the bladder need so that I don't have to always know where the bathroom is? Right. And then we live free. Yeah. Way much freer. And it's not knowing that, you know, being able to remove that shame of like, okay, I'm not broken. If yes. there's actually an answer. And it's way more treatable than what we've been told. And not have to be embarrassed with it. And notice you talked about men because you work with a lot of a lot of male populations too, probably associated with erectile dysfunction at the same time, maybe as well. Some of it is um, related to prostate health. And prostate health. It's yeah. very closely related to the pelvic floor. Yep. Um, so the bladder function, whether you're male or female, bladder and bowel function is really important, and the pelvic floor controls a lot of that right. more than what we're aware of. And you're able to like you know all of her studies and her research and her knowledge and everything is being able to work with that like without going under the knife exactly. <laughs> without taking drugs and surgery there's a time and a place if that is but yes. let's go a less conservative route so that way you can start to get your health back yes. and you actually quoted um you said you want to see a world with healthy pelvises right something like that like and, and then obviously working, I'm assuming, with kids. So what yes. about like with bedwetting and stuff like that Absolutely. too? Absolutely. So a lot of times, and every patient is different, right. every kiddo is different. A lot of times the, in a lot of children that I've worked with, what I find is that the body does a really good job keeping us safe. And so there's a lot, we have a cultural um, epidemic of tension. Yeah, bodily tension, <laughs> don't we? And the pelvic floor is no exception. So when that pelvic floor gets tight in kiddos for whatever reason, whether it's because they're afraid they're gonna get made fun of, 
or they can't hold it and make it there in time. Whatever whatever reason it caused, or because they've had maybe an episode of constipation that was uncomfortable, mm-hmm. that pelvic floor is going to do a good job staying safe. Yeah. So then we're going to have a lot of trouble, and that lends itself to then leakage and constipation mm-hmm. in those kiddos that's totally treatable. Yeah. For them to gain back their confidence yeah. and feel like a normal human again is just yeah. so life-giving. I, as you say that, um, growing up, and I'm just going to give an example, I remember there was one of my girlfriends and her sister, literally she would not poop, maybe, but like, I mean, there's so many other factors that can come in as far as constipation and stuff like that, but like, I remember they literally had to get, like, keep a metal hanger around because when she finally did poop, it would hurt so bad. One, she didn't want to because it hurt so bad. They would have to cut up the poop in the toilet because it was so backed up, so big and so built up. And so when you're talking about little kids like that, I go back and I think about like one of my old high school girlfriends and her sister that maybe, I I mean, I don't know, I can't even remember exactly, maybe once every two weeks or once a week or something like that. But whenever she did go, she was so backed up, it hurt her that she didn't want to. So exactly like you said, like they don't want to go because they don't want to hurt because of how compacted they are. And so it's like to start to work with the pelvic floor and and work with that and see what can happen so that way you're going more regularly, not holding and being stocked up and being afraid of having exactly. normal bowel movements, right? Yes. Oh my gosh. So treatable. And so obviously this is a mommy meet and greet. So moms, obviously yes. like your pelvis has expanded. And one of the biggest things is like they always talk about Kegel exercise. However, now we realize like the pelvic floor is usually always tight. So we really need to do like diaphragmatic breathing, you got it. right? Yes. <laughs> like you yes. really need to be doing more diaphragmatic breathing because the Kegels is like, yeah, your body usually knows, like you said, it's in that state of alarm and yes. a state of stress all the time. Yes. We actually need to learn how to, hey, how does a baby come out? Not from exactly. squeezing, well, not from like keeping it held in, exactly. but learn how to relax too. So let's yeah, talk about yes. that with the pregnancy and then after birth, popu- like birthing population. Okay, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, so the pelvic floor does such a great job keeping us safe and and holding tension, and sometimes it's just tired, and it's done a lot of work. And a lot of times that can, something so simple as learning where the pelvic floor is and how to manage it during pregnancy can relieve pelvic girdle pain and can relieve pelvic floor pain. And we haven't even talked about pain with intimacy. It's totally related to pelvic floor. It's totally treatable. Totally treatable. But then if that mama knows how to um, feel and find and control the pelvic floor, usually to release it, birth can be so much easier. Gosh. Because those are the moments that have a harder time with birth is when that pelvic floor is just doing a good job staying safe. Mm-hmm. But if that pelvic floor relaxes, then the pelvic girdle can be where it needs to be, it can expand, and baby can descend beautifully mm-hmm. instead of being restricted. Right. So really asking, what, how can we help that pelvic floor release anytime we're trying to get mama comfortable and optimize birth right. outcomes? Which yeah. then also decreases interventions that would be happening. No vacuum exactly. extraction, forceps extraction, which leads to all whole other things, episiotomies, oh, now I'm tearing, and all this other stuff. You got it. See how it all comes into play right there. So it's like, get you know work on this, not just right before you have the baby, but do this like ahead of time for your own health and well-being and then for the delivery of the baby. And then after the baby comes out, you know, things are starting to reintegrate again. So now it's going to be important to keep up with these neurological integrations, these activations. So that way, yes, things are trying to go back to what whatever normal is, you know what I mean? Exactly. I would think it would be very helpful too. And then you talked about intimacy. So like, you don't have to have pain during intimacy. Like, exactly. there could be a pelvic floor issue going on, yes, right? Absolutely. Most of the time, that's what is going on. And again, it's back to that shame of like, what's wrong with me and how many relationships can be so reversed much. and relieved by realizing it's as simple as the same way we would, if your shoulders were tight, mm-hmm. you would go take care of that. Mm-hmm. It's exactly the same thing. It's just a muscle in a different place. Yeah. Helping that muscle. How can we help that muscle start to feel safe? And then it's gone. Sometimes it's that easy. Mm. Sounds crazy, but it is. Oh my gosh. Yes. So that, this has just been, I hope this is like, I just love this stuff. It's been so helpful. And so clearly people don't have to go to an MD to come to you. Right. You have direct access. So they can find you on Instagram. They can find you. We can we can zoom in on and yeah. they can find you, look you up. What's yeah. the, the easiest way for people to contact you? So. Instagram, Instagram is great. Okay. Yes. Instagram okay. is the best connection. Um, also, I've got my cell phone number right here, so anyone can give me a call that way if that's easier, um, and my email's on there as well. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, thank Doc. You. I'm so excited to have you part of the resource and realize we have these resources in Northwest Arkansas. 
reach out, go the least conservative route first before directly going into like cutting, slicing, and adding stuff into your body because your body is so innately intelligent, just as you were talking about, and you're speaking our language on that, and it's giving you signs and symptoms and utilize the resources that we have here. So thank you again. Thank you, Dr. Yes. Natalie. Appreciate it. <laughs> Hello everybody, Dr. Natalie Horine here at the Mommy Meet and Greet, and now I'm here talking with Jessica. How do you say last name? Legrone? Legrone, yeah. Legrone, mm -hmm. just like it's spelled. Yep. So Jessica Legrone, and she's a birth educator, and what's really neat, I'm gonna let her go into we're gonna yeah. ask questions here in a bit but it's actually you and your husband it is. right yes so what's beautiful is the dynamics of sometimes men can feel like well of course this is more for the woman the woman mm -hmm. needs to be educated right. on her birth because it's her that's birthing it's her right. that's pregnant it's her that's carrying the baby so where do I come into play with yep. this that's where you guys come in it is yeah yeah so yeah we um we have two, well actually we have three classes. We teach birth classes, we also teach a newborn care for couples class, and then we also have a breastfeeding class. But I would say kind of our main thing is birth. And yeah, we really believe that um, birth is a team effort. And mom is birthing, but dad or partner or whoever is also, should be an active participant in the birthing process, whether that's through support, um, well mostly it would be support physical support, emotional support, even just helping advocate whether or not you're birthing at a hospital or you're birthing anywhere, really. You do need someone, you're in labor land, right? You're you're birthing, and so it's helpful to have someone else there, especially if you're at a hospital, to be able to help navigate some of those decisions when you're talking with doctors or whatever. And so a lot of our method is kind of bringing dad along in that process and helping him be educated about all of it. Uh, so that he can be a really good team member and a good resource yeah. too and, and me currently being pregnant right now and yeah. I have several cousins that are pregnant at the same oh, so time fun. right now yeah. yeah congratulations which is really kind of fun because we're going through this and I, my, my husband and I like we we have a different knowledge base of where we're coming from because sure. we're a professional right. we do we know a lot we yeah. know we know a lot right but like most men literally kind of feel like well I'm just gonna stay behind right. the scenes right, right now and it's like no like actually that mom usually the needs them she, yeah, she really does. does need that support and like yeah. they are needed they yeah. it's like i've heard people say that men go through pregnancy a different way they do absolutely right? well and i think a lot of guys actually do want to be involved they just don't know how right and they don't know much about birth right they're not they're not designed they're for not it. doing that right <laughs> that's not their role and so a lot of guys we have found they they kind of shut down a little bit because they're like yeah i don't really know a lot about this and so this is kind of like you said your thing yeah. but a lot of them actually really do want to be involved and yeah. really do want to know and what we've seen with working with all of our students and so actually a lot of all of our classes are online so we have students locally but we also have students actually all over the u.s and even internationally and so what's been really great is working with these couples and seeing them work together as a team and being able to really um, I don't know, just navigate the journey that's birth, because birth is a journey. Yeah. It is definitely, you can have in your mind, you know, how you think your birth is going to go. And those, that's important, you know, to like have, have that a positive, yeah, yeah, to have a plan and have like that positive, like, yeah, like my birth is going to go well, but it's really helpful to have someone there with you to be able to help out. And so I think a lot of dads, when they, especially when they take our birth course, they walk away being like, yeah, I feel really confident. Like I know what to do. I know how to help her if she's dealing with pain. I know how to help her make decisions if yes. we do have to do that. Like if something changes, like the doctor might be coming in and saying something and the mom's like, no, I don't wanna do that. But right. she's not in a place to make maybe that full decision. And so you can have dad then be the one to be like, well, hey, let me ask you some more questions, doctor, about this. Or, hey, can we wait an hour? That's our big tip is like, you can always wait, usually, unless you're, you'll know if you're in an emergency situation. Right. They'll be running around. <laughs> but usually you have time. And so you can, the dad can kind of be what we call like the gatekeeper. And the advocate. He can, he can be the advocate. He can be the gatekeeper. He can make sure that mom is getting what she needs and that he's kind of pushing away anything that is going to disrupt the birthing process for her and really helping her be able to, um, yeah, have the baby in the best way that she possibly can. So, yeah, gosh. Yeah. And it's so important because the other part that comes out with that is that when the partners are on the same page, mm -hmm. okay, because mm -hmm. that is a whole nother stressor, oh, yeah. whether it's on 
on the partner side or on the pregnant mama mm-hmm. side, but it can be very stressful. A mom really wants something, but if that partner is not educated, right. you know, or they have they very strong understand. views, they might yeah. not understand. They don't understand. They might have yeah. very strong views because mm-hmm. they don't understand, mm-hmm. because they've learned it from their family, from their right. mom, their grandma. They Absolutely. watched their family. Absolutely. They were born a certain way. Right, right. And so they have a preconceived notion. And I find that it's oftentimes like kind of hard for the mom yeah. to be able to say, I, hey, I, I really want an unmedicated birth. Yes. But like, yeah. And so we, we also show birth footage in our birth classes. So important. For that, for that reason, like to see, we call it sights and sounds. Um, and oh, you don't see, you don't see it all. Okay. <laughs> but these birth, but although birth I think footage, it's powerful to see it. It is helpful. It is helpful. But I think especially just watching birth, like watching birth unmedicated, mm-hmm. what does it sound like? It can be kind of scary. Mom might make a lot of noises. Dad's like, whoa, like what's going is on? She okay? or, yeah, is yeah. she okay? Or knowing, knowing that that's very normal, knowing when she's not okay and actually being able to clue into that. And then also I think another important portion is being that emotional support. You know, dads, you can be a physical support for sure, but that emotional support, mom will hit a wall. I mean, it's almost guaranteed. She's going to get to a Jeez. point where she's going to be like, I can't do this anymore. And it's like, dad can step in and Mm, say the right thing and be like, Hey, no, you are doing this. Like, let's do this together. And that, like that anchor point for her to be just like, I have lots of memories of Ben whenever I would get to that point and he's leaning across the bed when he, you know, he's got his hands, we're holding hands and he's just like, you can do it. (laughs) And it's like, and it does, it gives you that kind of lift in that moment where you're just like, yes, like I can, I can do this. And I mean, it's just, it's priceless. Honestly, that kind of support is so important. And you know, uh, for a lot of moms, we highly recommend like hiring a doula. We think doulas are amazing, but some, some, some families just aren't able to do that. And so we also talk a lot about like dad can not maybe not take the place of a doula, but he can at least help out, you right. know, and do some things that I think would be really helpful. He so. can play that at least some level of support, support. that you already yeah. have right there mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. And so how how did you and Ben, how oh did you and your husband get into this? Well, so we are actually both educators. We have we taught um, high school, both of us did. Um, we both have our master's in that, and then my husband went on to get a specialist degree, so he teaches teachers how to teach, is how I say Oh, that. this is like so, perfect yeah, what you guys Yeah, it's do. great, but I, I actually stayed home with my kids. Um, You've got after, three of them. I do, yeah, so I was a stay-at-home mom for a while, and just kind of got out of the teaching group and was like, I don't want to teach, you know, um, and just decided that I, I had always had a big passion for birth. I'd always had a big passion for, um, especially offering an option for for couples to be able to, yeah, have a have a good birth, and so anyway, I I ended up going and getting my certification as a as a birth educator, and my husband, um, he honestly he says he's just he's a birth nerd, and it's true. He knows a lot about birth too. So that was kind of how we started. We actually started um, at the beginning of the pandemic. We had um, kind of had this idea. We've been kind of like investigating it, and then when March 2020 hit, we were like. Mm-hmm virtual everything was needed to be virtual right. and we were like let's do it like right. let's just go we sent our kids with grandma she like lives out in the middle of nowhere in Oklahoma so oh, like, it was at the like beginning of the no pandemic play. we were like yeah. yeah go and we just like recorded we recorded our birth course and yeah mm-hmm. anyway from there it's just kind of expanded and grown so so do yeah. they have opportunities for people to like do you do live sessions too like yeah so we as well? yeah so we have uh, about every other month or so we do we do a live kind of on zoom yeah. thing where we offer uh, we also have a private facebook group too that's pretty active so we have a lot of questions and lots of kind of back and forth and it's kind of cool we've created a little community of some of our uh earlier um people who started working with us earlier on they've yeah. had their babies they're kind of moved on and now they're supporting oh, a lot of the newer moms yeah. and Anyway, and, and everyone's just kind of um, just really supportive and really great. It's so fantastic. And then we also are on Instagram. So I would say that's kind of our big thing. Um, we have a pretty big following on Instagram. And so we do a lot of educational videos, funny videos. We like we like a little humor yeah. as well. A little birth humor, parenting. a little so, parenting So humor. you can do education on like parenting. Like yes. obviously parenting after the babies come out. Absolutely. And then, yeah, we talk a lot about that, especially in our newborn class. Um, just how to be, how to become a teen even with a baby and how to parent and how to learn how to have those conversations because that can be um, sometimes a really difficult transition for couples. And, and there's so. a lot of decisions to make. Oh, yeah. We talk about like decisions to make, like oh even, gosh, yes. even when it comes to like 
medical jabs and stuff like that, like those are conversations that you need to have and decisions you need to make with your significant yeah. other. Just talking through, yeah, talking through yeah. all of that and yeah. really learning, like, also just, you know, how to um, how to be on each other's team, especially when you're exhausted and you um, are struggling maybe with postpartum depression or you're struggling with baby who isn't sleeping well or whatever, like how to be able to be a team inside of that and not, allow, we call it kind of allowing your marriage to thrive, not dive yeah. after postpartum. Right, amen Some people that. kind of, you know, they have kids and then the marriage kind of takes a back seat. And so we actually talk a lot about that too. Um, I wouldn't say we're by any means marriage counselors, but I think a lot of it is just from our personal experience and 100%. our mistakes. Yeah, and <laughs> that so we, share that. Yeah, that we, we've really been able to grow and um, so we're able to kind of share some things that we've learned, so. Perfect. Yep. Oh my gosh. Yeah. There's so much more can go for there. So it's not just pregnancy. It's not just birth. It's parenting. So afterwards yep. as well, when yep. it comes to, you know, raising a family, growing your family, expanding your family. Yep. So obviously they can find you online. It sounds yes. like Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. We're balance.birth.couple. Balance birth couple. Um, okay. If you, if you search us, you'll find us. So yeah, yeah. So we'll go ahead and we'll hover over her website there too. And, and yeah. also her brochure so that yeah. way you know exactly how to find them. And it sounds like obviously you can take birth courses where like you can be with them live throughout an extended period of time, but then also just courses that are already available so they yep. can do their on own demand. Time. Yep. On demand. Yep. Kind of great in your PJs. That's <laughs> awesome. So yeah. it keeps it's it super nice. convenient. Yep. So highly, highly recommend. I think everybody needs to go through a birth education course yep. just because you just no matter don't know what, what kind you of birth know. you, if you're wanting just a standard epidural birth, you still need a birth class. I agree. So. I absolutely <laughs> agree. And it's yep. not the same when they say that they've taken one at the hospital. No, no, <laughs> so definitely not. It's not conclusive. We'll say yeah. that, right? No, <laughs> not. That's very true. So it's very biased. So yep. definitely highly recommend making sure you sign up for a birth education class. So yep. thank you so much for yeah, sharing, thank Jessica. You. Yes. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Dr. Natalie Horan here again, and now I'm visiting with Phoebe here. She is a midwife and has all kinds of other things to go along with it. I'm gonna let her talk about it um, and the importance of what she does. Maybe how you got into this. What kind of led you to really wanting to like work around mamas and do home births and you know really empower women because this is what this is all about is empowering women moms that are looking to get pregnant currently pregnant wherever they're at even postpartum wanting to have a multiple mm -hmm. so phoebe let's talk about what do you do and how did you get into this well um i started off working in labor and delivery for many years as a nurse um always wanted to be a nurse when i was a kid you yeah. know got to do that for many years um, graduated from nurse midwifery school and started working in a birth center. It just fell in love with out-of-hospital birth. Absolutely loved it. Um, I worked over in Tulsa for a, over a year, almost two years, okay. um, and I just love out-of-hospital birth, helping moms to have you know a more calm, relaxed experience. Um, and you know, I definitely we need the hospitals, we need the medical community as well. Um, but not every mom needs that. Many right. women can have a perfectly healthy and um, low intervention birth at home. So um, I started Eden Birth and Wellness here in Arkansas in September. And I'm really excited to be doing a lot of home care. I do um, some visits in my office. Uh, I have a, I'm renting some space from InTouch Health. So we work together Beautiful. with chiropractic care and with um, holistic prenatal care. And I also do holistic GYN care um, out of that office as well on Mondays. And then on Wednesdays is my very favorite. I love doing home visits. Mm. Um, so I do a lot of home visits on Wednesdays as well. So when you say home so. visits, because there's some people like, even when I say the word midwife, and so like, like where people are at, uh -huh. um, Let's let's talk about what home visits mean because as a midwife, like you're you're working. I mean, there's midwives that work in hospital settings. Mm -hmm. It's Absolutely, a lot yes. different, but there's definitely ones that work in, in hospital settings and work outside hospital settings. So you work outside hospital settings. Yes. And um, so with that being said, what would you say is some of the biggest differences as far as being an outside like hospital setting as a midwife versus one working working mm -hmm. within that? So I'm actually a certified nurse midwife, um, so that means that I do have a lot of the things that um, we can offer in the hospitals. I do bring any emergency medications that I need, um, medications for the baby. Of course, there's a lot of you know, autonomy and you know, we talk about what you want for your birth as well. Yeah. Um, so I do bring a lot of that with me to birth, um, but as far as the home visits, 
um, then you're in your own space. Um, I like to really involve your family, you know, letting your children, you know, help listen to the heartbeat. Um, talking about what your you know your nutrition has been your exercise how you're feeling your kind of emotional um, journey that you're on in pregnancy just us getting to know each other a little bit more um, and then that home birth is I mean every one of them is so different oh and my gosh I know that's because we're, we're, we're all so it. different yes. right and that's the most exciting part it's a, the part where I'm like wow I can't believe I get to do this is just getting to be in someone's space and in their home and just just, you know sure it's kind of the same thing over and over but my goodness every family is so different and they have their own experience and it's yeah. it's really wonderful to get to be a part of that and be so dynamic and and facilitative and so I'm a big big proponent of midwifery in general and then you finding where your comfort level is like as a mom who's currently pregnant I have completely different views and educational and knowledge of where, where I want to be as far as like the midwifery care, but there's such a strong spectrum. And as you can see with Phoebe, like with different levels of training, so that way you can be as comfortable as possible. So I think the biggest thing is, is like, mm -hmm. you really want moms to be empowered, yes, right? Absolutely. And, and their partners to be empowered. Mm -hmm. So that way they realize they do have other options mm -hmm. because a lot of moms are like, you know, we don't necessarily have a lot of generational information being passed on, like maybe how it has been like 50 years ago, you know what yeah. I mean? And so there's a different idea of what it means to have a baby. And I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's a real thing where like they say you're too posh to push in the world of we just need to cut babies out of us and stuff like that. But we would just, I, I would think you're like, obviously, you know, you're like, you really want to be of empower mom to mom know that she has the opportunity to have the birth that she wants. Yes. And of course, you know, we do the best we can to work with every family. I mean, sometimes we're, I tell moms, we're all on this labor journey together and yeah. we don't. We don't know where exactly where it's gonna go. I don't know, you don't know, but we're gonna walk it together and we've got some plans, contingency plans for things that may happen along the way. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that does involve um, the hospital. We're so grateful for our medical counterparts um, that you know help us in those instances, but we're, you know, that journey should be the family's journey and we should be able, you should be able to walk on it with people that you trust and know yes. well. Yeah. So, and I'm really blessed. I have some wonderful assistants as well. I have a nurse and a certified professional midwife that come with me to birth, and we work together to, yeah, to give you a wonderful birthing experience. Right. Because baby's gonna come when baby's gonna come, yes. and you midwives are full time. You've got people, people and babies being born like all the time throughout the year, right? Yes, so we are just absolutely. so thankful, and that's the big thing of why I want you all to know about. The resources that you do have here in Northwest Arkansas, and so that is just huge. Phoebe, how can people find you? How can they reach out to you? Um, well, you can go to my website. It's uh, www.edenbirthlandwellness.com, um, or you can, I mean, if you Google me, I'm there. Okay. Um, you can give me a call. Um, you can contact me through the website, and there's like a Google form on there you can fill out, and I'd be happy to call you back and schedule a free consult. Perfect. And I will say, as you're as you're seeing her flyers, there, so you know how to reach out and find her. Absolutely, go with the consult because it's really great for you to meet each other and to know because she's going to be part of your journey, you know. And yes. you guys, and you want you want to be able to have like an open dialogue and open relationship with one another. So thank you so much for sharing. Thank you so much for being here. And so yes, now you know how to reach out and you know that you have another resource if you're looking to get pregnant, currently getting pregnant. One more thing, when should they reach out to you? When's the best time to reach out to you? Well, hopefully towards the beginning of the pregnancy, but I definitely take transfers as well. Um, and I don't, I'm not in network with insurance up front, but I will be happy to help you bill them afterwards. Okay. So we do have a plan for that as well. Perfect. All right, y'all, we'll see you next time. All right, hello everybody, it's Dr. Natalie Horan here again at the Mommy Meet and Greet, and now I am going to be chatting with Stacy here. And so Stacy is a lactation consultant, lactation specialist, but much different than what maybe a lot of you may have already previously experienced or even know about. So I'm so excited to talk to you about what you do and where you come into play, um, the extent of what you can do, because not only are you a lactation specialist, but you pre like you started off as a dental hygienist. Yeah. 
Okay, and so I'm talking about this very specifically because as we start to go further into not only for mom and baby to have a fantastic relationship for breastfeeding purposes, but there's things that can get in the way Absolutely. of why maybe mom and baby can't have that relationship. Sometimes mom thinks it's her, or we can find out maybe it's baby, or maybe there's other things going on. So yeah. Stacy, let's start chatting. How Absolutely. does this all start? Yeah, so I started in the dental field. Um, I did uh, dental hygiene for about 10 years or so. Um, I worked in private practice. I did some uh, public health work. And then I had my son. And we had all the, all the challenges. I prepped for birth. I knew what I wanted. And then, you know, had a baby that couldn't eat. So um, learned about tongue ties. And then I decided, oh, this is what I need to do. So kind of traveled down the tongue tie path. And there's a whole lot of information out there yes. about what's a tongue tie and is it a problem and what do we do and trying to figure out that optimal timeline. Right. So when I first started, it was all about like, let's do a procedure and let's do the surgery and everything's going to be great. And then it doesn't always work that way. So I started into the lactation field and um, it's a little different than your typical lactation because I've taken a lot of training in advanced body work. Um, craniosacral fascial therapy and reflex integration and assessing body posture with breastfeeding um, and postural um, movements with babies and so learning what their body is doing and why it might be affecting their breastfeeding and their oral function and so sometimes we'll get a case where you know the parent has heard tongue tie on Facebook or Instagram and you know groups. there's all these yeah, all these mom <laughs> groups and you know and that's great because they're so helpful but what we're learning is that, um, you know, sometimes it's, it's straightforward and there's yeah. tissue that's in the way, should have went away in utero and it didn't. Yeah. Do a procedure, everything gets better. Right. But a lot of the times what we find is that there's postural issues or oral motor issues or tone or coordination or reflexes or just the way baby is functioning in their environment, you know, how they're being held or what they're being carried in or the position they're in with feeding. Right. And so we have to address that as a whole picture because just doing a surgical procedure isn't going to be very useful if all of those things don't change right. or if there's something in the way that their body is compensating with that they can't work through. Yes. And so I work with all ages, but with infants, I'm really looking at can their reflexes express appropriately? Okay. What are the tension patterns in their body, which there's quite a few that are very specific to tongue-tied babies. Right. Um, do they have subluxations or areas of tension that can be addressed with body work, yeah. chiropractic? Um, I give some home program exercises, um, oral function so we can get the tongue moving, um, posturing with the breastfeeding, and then we kind of put a plan together and decide, okay, are we making progress? Right. Are we hitting walls? Do we need to do this procedure? Do we not? And if we do, we prep for it just like you would any other surgery. Right. You, know, you have you to should. have therapy. And you, you know, you yeah. have to look at the body and the function, not just clipping a tongue tie or even lasering a tongue tie. And so then we rehabilitate the mouth and the body with other practitioners and as a team to hopefully not only make their breastfeeding experience work, but prepare them for their older ages and eating and oral growth and things like that. Because right. then I work with older kids with orthodontics that, you know, none of these eight things got addressed. And so right. now we're dealing with things that um, unfortunately, up. yeah, are showing up in later years and even adulthood. So what are some of those things that you're seeing? So obviously like, I mean, address it as soon as possible. Yeah. Right. And so like, and I, what I'm going to say too, is that, so like you as mom, especially like, cause most moms really do want that experience and that mm -hmm. opportunity to yeah, have that bonding. Absolutely. I mean, there's so many hormonal positivities, let alone that combination of like just the development of baby, best things, breast milk, et cetera. Right. right? Um, but for like even her saying that, like, it's not just, you know, with babies, but a lot of times this goes unaddressed. So as you get older, speech delays can happen yeah it definitely can and so while i don't focus on speech as a whole right. it's a little outside my scope i can assess it right and thankfully we have some good practitioners in this area that can tackle it from a motor standpoint yeah but um, i do a lot with oral growth and development so myofunctional therapy as a whole addresses um, mouth breathing so how that affects right. respiratory um, oral facial growth all the things apnea yeah apnea, right. absolutely so snoring and in children that's just it's just pathological Right. It shouldn't happen. Right, and you so, see those babies, and, and I mean, we, we say it's cute, like, oh, he's snorting oh, yeah. like a little, little pig. Open. Their mouth is way <laughs> open and stuff. 
I mean, I was a mouth breeder. Yeah. I still kind of am a mouth breeder at all times, but luckily, yeah. like, I've got my inflammation down and right. stuff like and, that. Right, and you know cognitively where a child's just like, well, this is how I breathe. Yeah. You know, this is right. easy. Why, why do I do something different? He's always been like that, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So this is important to know yeah. because that's, that's not normal. Absolutely not. And so I have some toddler programs that are more like, I mean, toddlers don't have volitional movement most of the time, right. you know, not cognitively so it's more play-based and then we have you know older children who we can kind of tell show do and practice muscle function and movement and breathing patterns and then older kids and adults where we can really work on retraining that swallow pattern and rehabilitate from a neurological standpoint even how they're swallowing and so we work on tongue posture swallow pattern with a goal from all ages to be not just like you know brute force muscle function but actually integrate that into their new neural patterning mm, which takes time so, and repetition yeah, time and repetition so exactly. you can absolutely work with those older you can work with mm -hmm. teenagers you can work with adults yeah. like you could probably like work with me you can, absolutely. like i can look at you, you or you can look at me and assess like where's yeah. my tongue laying where am i breathing you could probably yeah. look at how i'm posturing absolutely. and how like and I sometimes, you know, I can't do it all myself, right? We need chiropractors, right. we need, you know, other therapists, we need, like, I work with some orthodontists that, you know, I can't fit a tongue in a palate that doesn't have any room. So right. sometimes we have to grow, even in adults, we have to do, you know, some more orthopedic things. I had to have an expander put in yeah. my mouth because I sucked my thumb as a, a child, so my, my, the roof of my mouth formed the shape yeah. of my thumb. And now we're realizing that some adults, even that had expansion, maybe didn't have enough. And right. so they're having airway issues and thankfully we have some new technology that can let us expand safely in adults even. Right. So it's really cool. Oh, but I just love it that you could address it early on with Absolutely. the kids, like as they're developing to have the best opportunity moving forward and then how that feeds into literally baby feeding, yeah. breastfeeding, Absolutely. of course, and teaching those breathing. muscle patterns in infancy and working on that neural integration when they don't have anything else to compare it to right. versus retraining those bad habits later, so. Oh my gosh, I absolutely love it. So yes, yeah, so how can people find you? How can they reach out to you? Yeah, so um, I have my website here. Um, I'm online at vitalfunctiontherapies.com and um, there's a few insurance plans I can bill with um, uh, through a program that I use and then um, we have pretty good luck with that most of the time. And I can treat all ages, you know, babies, adults, children, um, for all the things. And so you can find me online and then I have, um, I do home visits and I do, I have an office space in Bentonville. Okay, so, so you can go to a person's home yep, too. Absolutely. So that's wonderful. And so absolutely love it. Reach out to Stacy. This is so powerful, so important to know. And I'm so happy to know that you're here in the local area yeah. that we have these resources and you don't, have to just think there's only one way to tackle right. a situation and it's always better I think to go least invasive mm -hmm. first find out try that out literally try it out and get the knowledge before you go more invasive yes so absolutely thank you so much absolutely Stacey. thank you for having me here absolutely bye now thanks for being here all the way to the end of the podcast I hope you received lots of value out of it, as I certainly enjoyed sharing. Could I ask that you please share this podcast with friends if you found it valuable? And also, bonus points, if you could leave a review for me on your favorite podcast app, that would be greatly appreciated too. If at any point you'd like to be on the podcast or have any questions you'd like me to discuss on the podcast, direct message me on Instagram or Facebook at Dr. Natalie Horine, that's H-O-R-I-N-E. Thanks again for listening and now have an expansive and awesome day. We'll see you next time.